What kind of person to say a toad or so? But you know what? A toad or so. A fucking a toad or so. If you need even further clarification, let The Rock tell you in Chinese. We got Jews in the house? Yes, rise and praise, infidels. It's a special declassified live transmission here. Hamid Media Group, channelattitude.com. The Friday Veteran Locker Room for free? No. <laughs> Everything comes with a price. And that's right, you will sign up for channelattitude.com or be destroyed, infidels, by Hacker Hamid and a veteran who takes no prisoners. Crowbar joins us here on the Friday Locker Room. YOLO! <laughs> Oh, yeah. What's good, guys? What's good, man? Hopefully everything comes off with no tech issues today. But uh, had to fave on uh, the AEW self-help because uh, they moved it to Tuesday and I was teaching an upstate wrestling experience. And uh, uh, we had uh, some great clips from Kaz, as always. Uh, Big shout out to Kaz for all the work he does here, man, on social media side. And um, I was talking... uh, Tony Storm's gimmick, uh, the timeless stuff, and people uh, were chiming in about uh, Crowbar and and tagged him as well. And, you know, I say yes and not like, he took it first and then got it to TV. Like, that's an old trope in wrestling when we could easily mix in. And Crowbar uh, said thank you and reached out. And, uh, and Kaz uh, did, his, did some great agenting and then hooked it up for the Friday locker room. So I think Crowbar is just uh, getting set up now. So hopefully – we can get connected and uh, another great crossover. And all, all you can do is learn from a, a guy who's been in this business for 30 years doing it uh, every which way, man. So I'm excited about that. And I figure why the hell not take the Friday locker room live here. Ben Hameen YouTube channel, twitch.tv slash Hameen Media, wherever you're watching. appreciate that. appreciate all the super sticker and bit cheers is uh, I probably got a, a bit. Well, I'm not probably I have to <laughs> pay the big Vimeo bill. And uh, laptop death five thousand from earlier this week. So those are some nice expenses, but uh, pretty pretty interesting um, week as far as uh, everything going cannabis wise. Uh, looking at a, a spot to lease and getting things to that level. Of the review a twenty eight page lease yesterday with my business partners, and uh, you know it was such process paralysis uh, because of the injunction lawsuits uh not just against us against the entire state uh and held up the process for 463 license holders and a lot of people are being uh you know raked over the coals they they were promised one thing by the government and got another shocker never seen that one before said the native americans uh slaves and uh every other veterans (laughs) like uh yeah man so there has been kind of a break in the dam and it's been good to do business and it's my business partners are so brilliant uh that uh, it really is crazy to see when things start to move how how we can move together in force so that was uh pretty cool this week and meeting with an architect yesterday to do the floor plans and things like that it's always a, a big day at hmg so i was kind of glad that i didn't have to 
do Wednesday night wrestling as I was, I was pretty beat after a full day yesterday. So, um, but Hey man, big business, 120 hours a week, but you got to work hard, play hard and it'll all pay off. I see the chat room filling up already. I know we didn't uh, promote this heavy, but I figured, you know, I, I wasn't able to go on live with y'all last, uh, y'all, uh, I wasn't afraid to go out or wasn't afraid. Uh, I wasn't able to go on live with everybody. So I figured we'll give them this one and, uh, would love to have crowbar live instead of just kind of keeping behind a paywall there. So hopefully it gets set up here. I told him, you know, jump in eight 30 or a uh, little bit after you're, you're more than welcome to, to come and join us, man. But uh, it was a good week this week. I got to train the night at Upstate Wrestling uh, Entertainment, and uh, my kids uh, are really getting it. <laughs> it was good to watch them uh, start to, to see the light bulb go off and working on some cravat chain wrestling and uh, things along those lines. So uh, it's all it's all good uh, to teach them the right way i'd like to say and safe and and send it to other teachers and professors and stevie richards and just small things that i can you know give them back feedback wise while i'm looking at one thing and you know top veterans are being like do this keep your head up on the lock up and things along those lines man like those are huge notes for a rookie to be getting from you know talent and i show them who i send it to and then get responses from so uh, maybe we'll even get Rip on the line tonight at practice and do it. But right now on the line, man, coming in uh, from the, the cryptic tombs. Oh, well, maybe not. <laughs> he was there. Uh, we'll see if he, if he rejoins. I just clicked on him and he unclicked, so he might have hit the wrong thing there. Uh, no worries. But uh, Crowbar is trying to, to log in. Here we go at the stage. There you go, man. I don't know if I did that or not, but uh, I don't know what's going on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning and welcome. We're live right now. Ben Hameen YouTube channel, twitch.tv Hameen Media, and exclusively at channelattitude.com with Russo Brandon Hameen Media Group, a legendary veteran of uh, I don't even need legendary. To yeah. Uh, every company uh that there was man with every legend that's worked and welcome to the friday veteran locker room it's crowbar yeah man i'm just tightening up my uh tripod here can you see me okay i can see you and hear you yep i lost you though you lost me yeah, okay check. now we're back okay all right yeah, hello, man. we adjust here i just got into work i'm just scrambling i'm sorry it's all good, man. I mean, uh, I appreciate it. And uh, especially I was just putting over my social media guy, Kaz, and uh, there might've been two different voices in the DMS where it seemed, yes. yeah, it, it, but even though they were both under HMG, so I was trying not to step on him, but, uh, he does such a great job with all the clips and we talked Tony storms, uh, great new mm. character work and some fans, you know, like, like they will on Twitter, want to get controversial and say, well, crowbar did this and da, 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 da. I'm, uh, uh, an improvisation guy and mm. I'm all about yes. And so if there's two people already on the same side of the fence, it's easier to get the scene going that way. And what can we do to mix you into that world? But uh, you were uh, very gracious in responding to us and, and Kaz hooked it up to get the booking. So mm. I welcome you to the Friday veteran locker room crowbar. Thanks. Thanks so much, man. This is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, a huge, uh, you know, before I got in the business, uh, obviously watcher of everything you were doing, ECW, WCW wise, that was my shit every day. I mean, all the way to back with the Funker himself. And, you know, I'm sure yeah. there's tons and tons of lessons that, uh, uh, that you've given and, uh, and, and learn from, from being in that same spot of being able to work with legends, uh, 
uh, my gimmick. Obviously, I'm doing uh, what should be red hot this week as uh, I Absolutely. go back to the ring. <laughs> You're in trouble this week, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Um, but yeah, let, let's let's uh, if you don't mind, we can stay right on the the Tony Storm stuff and, and okay. <laughs> one of your alter egos, Devin Storm. <laughs> easy, Devin easy Storm, to fit, yes. to fit right in there. Uh, you might also yeah. know Judas Salem Storm, the Tempest. Some some very interesting influences as you you know either from goth style or uh mm -hmm. you know what what definitely influences you and kind of could play i could see a nasveratu type character in, in one of her pieces and sure. i was telling this to my students at uwe you have to be in this not just the stuntman and the performer but the director the sound engineer the cinematographer the lighting Absolutely. expert you have to know it and 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 apply your vision at all and if there's one thing that every wrestler can learn from is even currently in your work are your promos where you're getting your resveratrol uh loving that that red wine and Absolutely. uh it, and and just an a plus level promo of not rushing and having um, you know, uh, trying to play it at your height of your intelligence at the poet's level, man. What, what is, uh, can you explain how you approach your work and, and, and what you get out of it and from what you put into it? Absolutely. I actually made a post the other day. Uh, technology has been an extremely empowering, uh, yeah. back when I broke in, if you had a concept or an idea for a character, your best bet was you would get your eight by tens made. Maybe if you had access to a VHS camera and it was hard to find anybody to edit VHS way back then, you would right. do whatever you could with VHS and you know, you'd probably send a match. And if you had the opportunity to speak with a, a promoter, you would say, Hey, I had this idea where I'm drinking wine and I'm this elitist kind of blah, 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 blah. And you would have to hope, that they could envision what right. you envision and you you know right there your vision may not be seen exactly by this person or that person so so, so there was a big gap of what you could envision uh and what the, the promoter could envision only because you were limited by most guys black and white eight by tens and maybe some kind of vhs stuff where you did a a promo with a wall in the background and you would hope that they would be able to envision what you're seeing mm. now with the phones and green screens and technology insane. Uh, this was a whole new avenue for me i had uh i had been wrestling on and off for years got the bug bit me again in 2014 from uh joey janella and then i was starting doing some more stuff there and uh, then I did Ring of Honor in 2019, right before COVID started. Uh, my wife, myself, uh, my bodyguard, uh, Adam Kerr, uh, we worked the Ring of Honor show uh, in December. And then we worked in January. It was called Free and Enterprise or something like that. And then, you know, we were doing well there. And th there seemed to be some promise. And then COVID shuts, shuts the world down. Mm -hmm. I, my like shoot real world job is i've been a, a physical therapist for 25 years i own my own facility i have my own business and at that time in new jersey if you went any place too public you had to quarantine for two weeks at least i could not shut my business down for you know my wrestling bug so i had to find a different way to express myself in 
wrestling and that became these black and white old film uh filter wine promos and uh i had no idea how to do that at all uh when we went to ring of honor uh and and even a few years back wildcat ran at in philly and i met robert frank the the crazy jim uh Mm-hmm. promos that uh, and, and the guy's great he's crazy he's he's a such a great guy knows how to market himself he gave me a crash course over the phone on how to edit and use iMovie and I uh there were a lot of guys and you know this from being in wrestling there's always somebody that'll offer to do your videos for you there's always sure. somebody that offer sure. to edit your videos I hate putting people out I hate taking advantage of people and when i do these promos i'm a perfectionist so i have many many cuts that are really really good but they're not good enough for me and i wouldn't have felt comfortable saying no stay you can't go yet no you got i want to do it again i want to do it again i do it again uh so i had to empower myself i had to do this myself so then if i had an idea an epiphany for a promo and it was 1 30 in the morning i could set up and i could go do that Mm -hmm. so uh in modern wrestling, all this technology is very empowering. Uh, if you learn how to use the tools, Robert Frank taught me how to, you know, do the iMovie. If you learn how to use these tools and you work hard and you're creative and you're imagined, you can really find a way to not just hope somebody sees your vision. You can show it to them and say, yeah, this is it. Sure. I, I love that, man. And, and that you became uh, a, a, an adopter later in your career of that technology. And it's not easy to like, once you get the, get it, the process wired, you're like, okay, now I know how to do this, but learning new yes. software from, from infancy state is, is not even if it's iMovie. Right. But yeah. then once you've got these new paint brushes, and you can and create your creative vision. It just you'll be up at one thirty in the morning because you're like, oh, I can do this, or I've got to do that, or I, I I need this shot instead, right? So and it's always not fashionable to say in a wrestling. It's friggin' fun. I have a oh, great time doing so it. So fun, it, dude. It's a great time, it, especially if you could find a time and between work and family and kids' activities and this and that. I might be doing that promo at. Two, two in the morning. It might be 5.30 in the morning. Uh, you fit it where you can fit it. Uh, but it is so enjoyable and it's so empowering too uh, that it's uh, you find time to do it. You know? Absolutely. And, and what it does to enhance, you know, where you can't tell those stories in the ring or set that stuff up is, is just the great fill in of the 360 picture. You know, uh, I love that. Absolutely. And the stylization of it. And now maybe to be, and what I'm trying to do and bring in professional improv into or I have been for 20 years into wrestling is to say, all right, how do you look at things? Now you need to look at movies like you watch wrestling tape. Let me look at this shot. And even yes. when I was uh, directing an OVW and I'm so proud of everybody at doing wrestlers on Netflix. And when that door opens and I hear click, click on the Davis arena, I just instantly flash back to those. So just the sounds, I Great the sounds invoke the smells that are there in the rooms. I can smell the rooms when I watch it, uh, which is not a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I remember when I was directing there, I took the, the Copacabana walkthrough shot from Goodfellas (laughs) to to redo that whole thing until we get into. So 
there as is not just a performer now you get to and every actor ends up wanting to be a director here's your opportunity to do it all absolutely yeah you know uh so I, I love that absolutely and i was doing uh i had this one great guy that i worked with al barone uh out of uh, toronto a, a, a full-grown man amongst boys at OVW, you know, but the guy's right out of central casting for Luca Brazzi, Godfather, like perfect. Mm. And I'm a mob fanatic when it comes to okay. Sopranos, everything. I've just, I've seen it all hundreds of times. Uh, and I, I flipped him the black and white, put the Godfather theme underneath them and out comes the pinstripe suit and the derby sure. and the dude, it, it just works that fast works, to yep. make somebody different special and stand out and that's why i really love this tony storm piece not just for the film noir for the silver screen for the marilyn monroe aspect to the judy garland aspect i i say this is from my masters uh in in chicago good artists create great artists steal and make it their own that may even be picasso actually uh but it was told to me uh there and it's about taking from your influences but you have to identify the game the style and then make it your own you can't just rip it however i say that and then the heat on la night for doing a pretty close stone cold rock and flare impression as being what he is he's taken from all of them hey they all made millions upon millions not making his own too much yet but getting there you know what i mean it was a little on the nose for some people the stomach is kevin nash would say on his podcast so um but i think this stuff with the tony storm is great because matt hardy showed the wrestling universe that you can put on whatever lenses you want to see this industry through and as long as you play the game true and commit to the bit you are then pulling the audience in not them being peanut gallery saying this doesn't get over you tell them what gets over now I've seen some things in the Tony Storm stuff where they released like a color version of things, and I'm like, that would never make it by my desk to start with. And and but now this week, I don't know if they're listening to us or somebody just cracked whip over there. I've seen on the posters her stuff is different. They did a, a re-release of the stuff and it was all in black and white, but you really only get one chance to make a first impression on that stuff, and people will forget, they'll have short memories, but I would want it right the first time out of the gate. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but I, I think uh, different movies, whether it's Charlie Chaplin or, you know, a, a gangster movie or something horror film wise is exactly where, Hey, he's doing timeless. You've already been to AEW. You people respect you from coast to coast, like butter and toast. Why not mix this guy in there? for the super marks to pop and be like he did that and then she's doing that and they put them together like you know they'll think they're so smart over it so uh i i I say yes to all that man because you're only gonna help if she's a platinum blonde and you're a dark figure boy what a yin and yang uh chia skiro lighting just in the people alone in the scene not necessarily what's even going on in the way it's lit you know yep absolutely <laughs> and then you can bite around the neck that'd be vampire <laughs> <laughs> um yeah man how is uh speaking of uh you know uh, they say you got degrees for ass kicking on the wall in the in the <laughs> chat room here uh but your yeah. shoot job i mean that that's in a very important part of what we do how is your body holding up after 30 years in the ring 
and uh and and helping other wrestlers because i know my sciatic right underneath and above my kidney like i'm getting a lot of lockups i have to foam roll every day just to get right mm-hmm. now and, and my style is very y'all uh wave the flag and <laughs> not do much you are you, you're a self-professed spot monkey reformed <laughs> and uh and uh you know uh, at approaching 49, I don't want to stooge off too much. Uh, you 49. know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. is 50 gonna approaching be the, 50. Let's, 50. Hang, let's yeah. hang them up. Is that is do you got that on the wall uh, yet or no? As long as I'm still having a great time, which I am right now, uh, having a great time wrestling, no pressure, no nothing. I kind of wrestle under my own terms, it's awesome. Uh, as long as it's still fun. As long as I can do it at what I consider a modernly acceptable level, which I, I think my standards for veterans are a little higher than those for myself mm-hmm. is higher than the average veteran. Uh, as long as I'm having a good time and I'm happy with what I'm doing out there, uh, I will continue to keep doing it. Uh, what is timeless? Is it 50? Is it 55? Is it 60? We'll find out. What is the reinvention, you know, to have to be uh, a father James Storm, or James Storm, James, uh, not to father James, uh, um, forgive me. Uh, Mitchell. You know, Mitchell, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> father James Storm's a different character. He runs the young guns. Uh, but it right. would be uh, a James Mitchell character uh, along those lines and, and a new breed of uh, vampiruses underneath you or something along those lines, right? Like uh, yeah. the a PCO reinvention was crazy even though he went from working easy to <laughs> throwing himself nuts. yeah yeah to nuts but there's there's always opportunity to be a, a, a character inside somebody else's stage picture or help form that up off Absolutely. of the the decades that you've put in for credibility to give that rub and and, and i think there is time uh when i was younger i, I did a lot of crazy stuff uh i've said it several times i probably should have died four or five times from mm. stupid stuff and uh so when people insinuate that i i don't understand the energy behind the kids doing these crazy moves uh not kids young adults you you know what i mean i'm sure not yeah. being disrespectful uh that was me that was me 100 percent, and probably doing stupider stuff uh now that i'm 49 and i'm still out there and i want to be out there at a modernly competitive level i literally i took stock of all the moves that i can and can't do and but all the moves that i can do primarily and i went through them uh took stock went through them took an inventory and uh i picked out the ones that i thought looked cool uh looked impressive looked violent you know the guardrail stuff i do uh look athletic but at the end of the day can be done extremely safely not maybe safely that i know for a fact that i could do safely and protect me and the other guy and that's my move set right now i think they're cool i think they look athletic they look violent they look modernly acceptable but at the end of the day uh it is pro wrestling you always can get hurt accidents who happen i'm pretty damn friggin sure that i can do what i do safely and protect me and my opponent and that's my current move set
Great. Well, I think all that stuff, even before, is still in your moveset. Because I tell my students, as was told to me, the threat of violence is just as important as the violence itself. So all you got to do is tease the old stuff and slip out, or, and it's still in there, right? Like, you know, what am I? I'll go to my floor stuff. Uh, we see a lot of crazy top rope moves from the ring to the floor. And once you start flipping and corkscrewing and stuff like that, you increase the potential room for error significantly. And a lot of these moves, they'll just graze a guy's shoulder and five yeah. guys will fall down. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that may be what's modernly acceptable to fans right now. I, I'll do a Vader bomb off the guardrail. I'll do a plancha in onto the guardrail into a chair uh i'll i'll do a front flip uh whatever they call it senton off the apron on to a guy on on the guardrail uh but they may not be as athletic with a corkscrew and this kind of flipping but the fans actually see a physical contact you see yeah. my chest hit the other guy's chest you see my back off that senton land on the guy mm. and whatever so for me as a fan who enjoys things that look more real you know it 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 is pro wrestling it's fake things are going to look silly there's room to be silly there's room to be this and that uh but on on all my dives i think a lot could be said that they are safe uh i feel under control when i do them i can protect myself and the other person and the fans the people in, in the audience see body on body contact there is contact made and mm. and i think there's value in that yeah absolutely i mean uh here's my here's the biggest value i ain't doing it so i'm glad he did <laughs> <laughs> i only dive on 9 11 shows uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh i think i've only done one where i did yell 9 11 and had my arms <laughs> to the yeah. side uh one of the things i wanted to get back to because you are a, a business owner, which automatically puts you in a different category than a lot of wrestlers who live inside the bubble because you know what it takes to, to do that, uh, which is uh, totally away from the dream, but how it definitely is impacted of what we do in this sports entertainment uh, stunt show spectacular lifestyle and being banged up. Do you have advice for younger workers or anybody at home? We, I know we have a lot of uh, listeners here at HMG with uh, battling uh, disabling injuries and things along those lines. Are you more of a yoga or chiropractor or foam, foam roll advocate? Like what, what do you think is the best way that we should be taking care of joints and back and especially with and i i you know uh vince russo and i give him hell but stevie richards you can't keep him down coming nah, back not from, at all you know, he's great <laughs> yeah coming back from a major spinal injury and then he's sending us videos of like here's my new pull-up rack or watch me do the stevie kick me and vince mm -hmm. are like come on bro please dial it back just a little bit so i started my physical therapy career right out, out of high school so i pursued mm. professional wrestling and physical therapy at the same exact time Great. uh i had a post the other day and i usually tell the younger guys uh i get really hot when i go on youtube and it's it sounds great but you see all these motivational videos with the epic music and some guy talking and it's usually the same message if you got a goal you can believe that you believe in you can do whatever you want to do and don't accept anything less and this and that and the other thing and you got to be 150 percent focused on that goal 
and nothing else. Otherwise, you're admitting you're going to be defeated. You got to put everything into that. Horseshit. That's not the real life. That's not the real world. Uh, when I first got in wrestling, I saw a lot of the veterans that I watched on TV, on these indie shows, doing this not because they wanted to, but because they needed to. And as a result of that, they hated it. They were all bitter on the business, all bitter about this and that. They were used up. They blamed Vince. They blamed this person. Uh, so I saw very early on that this is a cruel business. Uh, it's not a infinite business. Uh, a younger wrestler would ask me I, and uh, what my advice is. And I said, okay, I made it to WCW, major company at that time, for about three years. Do you consider that that I made it? And most of them will say, yeah. I said, okay. So I, I made X amount of dollars for those three years. I, I, I made it. In your eyes, I achieved the dream. I made it. Did I make enough money to last me the rest of my life? Absolutely right. not. Uh, life is great right now, thank God. Uh, but the majority of my wrestling money got me a down payment on my first house. And I saved every bit that I, I could. I very rarely went out. I very rarely socialized. Uh, uh, you didn't go out and you didn't buy, buy a G-Wagon the first week you got your check or anything. Uh, through ECW, through WCW, I was often chastised for not uh, immersing myself in the professional wrestling culture. Mm. Uh, yeah. I saved my money, and uh, that got me a down payment on my first house but uh anything else that came from that uh un unless you're in a major company making major kind of money you are not going to support yourself and you are not going to support a family on an independent wrestler's salary you're not mm -hmm. or if you have any shot of doing it you're going to be traveling constantly uh so going back to that you see all these motivational videos about uh Everything needs to be focused on that one goal. You need to only do this. Otherwise, if you have a like a backup plan or if you have anything else in mind, you're admitting defeat that you're not going to accomplish yeah. that. And that's not a real there are nope. There are thousands upon thousands of great wrestlers that will never see a TV ring. There are thousands upon thousands of great comedians that will never see a big stage. Thousands upon thousands of great uh music people and actors that will never get that big break so i believe that if you sacrifice you can pursue two things uh i pursued pro wrestling and i pursued a, a physical therapy degree which at that time very difficult and, and it is now i and that was before online classes there was no online there was no one you, you had to get to class and go yeah. so when people say it's too hard or i i, I can just i say i call Bullshit. I throw a flag. Uh, if you want to bet enough, you could find something else to do. And it doesn't have to be college. It could be a trade school. It could be trying a business or something. You have to do something else. And because I have this other thing, I am now able, and again, not fashionable to say as a professional wrestler, I effing love pro wrestling. I am enjoying myself so much, which in the past, uh, if you said things like that, you were thought to be a mark or un professional sure. i'm doing it 32 years now and i think i have have the license to say what i want and speak how i feel i'm having a great time uh and i'm only having that great time because i have 
a life outside of here that gives me security and uh, it, it enables me to take care of my family and it enables me to wrestle on my own terms. And I think that's great. Uh, the only challenging part of all this, I think I'm doing some cool stuff in, in, in the ring right now still. I, I think uh, I'll put my promos up with and with any oh. uh, with anybody on the TV right now, I will put my promos up with anybody on the TV, and I'll say they're just as good, if not better. And I'll say that with yeah. the utmost confidence. The only challenging part of all this right now is, I said to myself, if all I had to do was work on my wrestling game right now, how good would I be? I'm balancing working <laughs> at my business uh, close to you know, sometimes 50, 60 hours a week, uh, kids, football, cheerleading, gymnastics, uh, this and that, uh, I make it a priority to spend time with my family. We get together for family time. We watch a movie where we watch some star Wars, some Marvel or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, but going back to what you said before, so I've had this physical therapy degree for so long and, uh, it has enabled me to recognize small in, in small injuries and prevent them from being bigger injuries. When I get more moderate to larger injuries, I know how to manage them. And uh, that's one of the things that has kept me in this game for Able this to. long. Uh, I know how to identify it immediately and I know what to do to help myself get through that. And if I do have a date or a booking, I know how to modify my style as to not aggravate. I can work uh hurt as long as yeah you can work around you can tell and i can work around abs absolutely and that's been a big part of me still being able to do this uh you asked if if i had advice injury wise i did a post uh a few weeks ago maybe it was uh i don't think that the bumps are necessarily the things kill killing the guys today and ending careers uh the generation that we grew up watching me and you a lot of those guys had short careers and not taking in anything away from them. They were tremendous storytellers. Mm -hmm. uh, they were tremendous characters, but they weren't taking the kind of bumps that the guys are taking today. The style was way safer, way more common. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the power slam ends it. Like, that's yeah. nothing now. You know what I mean? Like, that's yet, just feed out. Yet, a lot of these guys have had careers cut short and so many of them it's low back stuff that's mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing that put these guys out low back stuff you you'll see guys at cons and autograph signings and they're all hunched over and and their backs messed up and when you speak to a lot of them that's the problem that put them out of the mm -hmm. ring so their style was significantly safer than today's style yet they were yet their careers were ended kind of earlier so what's going on in there uh i believe part of it was that was a time when guys were really really big they were really big yeah muscle-bound wrestlers uh a lot of the old gold standard ex ex exercises that people used to do i hate deadlifts i hate uh yeah. shoulder presses behind the head uh i believe they trained like gorillas and they did a lot of unsafe stuff not their fault at that time it was gold standard gym training exercises and as time's gone on given my background in what i do a lot of those lifts that these guys did was un unsafe so you're taking bumps in the ring 
and you're training unsafely. So that's going to make things heavy, worse. Yeah. Okay. Then one of the most common things I see as a physical therapist is low back pain. And it's not construction workers. It's not landscapers. It's not uh, athletes or heavy laborers. Uh, it's people that sit at a desk all day. Uh, it's people that have office jobs. Prolonged extended sitting is terrible for the low back. It actually helps bulge the discs out and it shortens your iliopsoas muscles here, your hip flexors, which tilts your pelvis, which also wreaks havoc on your low back. So we have guys taking crazier bumps. And as a wrestler, we spend hours and hours in airplanes. Then we spend hours and hours in cars if mm-hmm. we're not flying from show lift to show we're driving for hours and hours and hours when we get to the arena for tv say we get there at noon and the show starts at eight all those hours what are we doing that whole time sitting sitting hanging out sitting and hanging out and on top of that the average person when they get back pain what do they say ah my back's killing me Ah, i better sit down yeah uh sitting is a killer and it's very prevalent in the professional wrestling lifestyle outside of the mm. in-ring stuff outside of going to the gym and you know maybe they're training safe maybe they're not training safe who knows and then we sit and then when we try to educate ourselves and we watch video on other wrestlers past wrestlers current wrestlers we're sitting down yeah. so uh my biggest thing is uh avoid the sitting uh i'm i do a lot of the, decompression myself on a daily basis. I love the Dex 2 inverter. I do it multiple times a day. And uh, that is one machine that I credit with my uh, being a- able to do things at the level that I do. Uh, yeah. and, uh, just to yeah, separate that spine yeah, just a little bit and get that. I have, I have yeah. no stock in the company whatsoever. <laughs> I, I have no money coming. Uh, this machine's phenomenal. And I think it would help a lot of the guys and uh could you say the name of that one more time inverter the dex two by peter dex two by teeter inverter you guys and and there goes the stevie richards magic email so uh he'll be having one shipped out soon i usually (laughs) just cc on him that guy he gets uh, all the free product man so uh definitely be looking into that uh because what you just described the old school style i'm no you know major muscle guy doing heavy uh 500 pound deadlifts but uh i'm in the chair constantly podcasting man i mean this is all a plus uh information of of what you do go ahead and here's a huge one and uh, some people take exception to it but it it's prevalent in our business uh if you're out there wrestling if you're doing crazy moves uh, the best you can if you got to find a job find a job if you're young enough to still be on um, mom and dad's do it do not be an uninsured wrestler because mm. it's it's tough it's really tough if something happens i help whoever i can around here when guys here and it's my pleasure i love working with my brothers and sisters in the business i love helping them but there are plenty of people that'll call me and ask me for advice and they're in california they're in canada they're in florida. it's it's not uh it's not realistic for them to come and see me right. uh and there's only so much that i could do 
via phone call or via Zoom or something like that. So if there's any way that you could get some kind of at least coverage for something uh, monumental in an event, something bad happens, just try to don't be an uninsured wrestler. Mm, that's why I've had my wife's. I've had my wives yeah. infiltrate MetLife and I have them there. So we're, we're covered with all that. And thankfully, I mean, you know, I probably should be getting checked up like everybody else, but, uh, and we also, just, wrestlers uh, don't like battle to go, through. No, we battle wrestlers through. don't like to go to the doctors and, nope. uh, and sometimes it's a little bit of knowledge, you know, like if I had somebody with low back pain, depending on what type of pain it is, it's, it could be one phone call, one a telehealth meeting, a Zoom meeting. Hey, don't sit so much, and that yeah. changes the entire game. Yeah, that's that's. It could be huge, that simple. That's that's probably my number one. That's going on. I just got the new chair too, ergonomic. So, but I'll tell you, every, every ten to twelve minutes, if you can get up and walk around, I don't care if it's for thirty seconds or a minute. Break that position. Get up, walk around, thirty minutes a minute. Sit back down. Yeah. I'll definitely try. Difference. So that's it. We'll try. Gotta, no, try not. Middle. Do or do not. That's, yeah, that's right. There is no try. Exactly. Exactly that. And I love uh, your advice on, you know, right out of uh, school, getting your PT degree. I, I think looking at wrestling in a mindset of it being, okay, I'm going to make moments and live moments in my life. Not like you said, the Gary Van uh, promo of like 150% you're in because there's a lot of our friends who are have been in the bubble of wrestling and have no idea once that ends on how to operate in civilian lifestyle or having used wrestling as a tool to promote what their brand's going to be afterwards. And you see them go into deep depressions. They, they have to start all over again. And some of them are not built for that, man. Now, you know? All those videos sound great. The music makes it sound great. You get sucked into it. You believe it. it's really motivational, but it's not real life. You know, some people use Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. This guy, it's not the real world. You got to have something else. Yeah. And I say to those guys, not just from what you're doing, what I'm doing, here's my business model. I have a local humming media that I manage seven to eight local brands, social yep. media. So different copywriting, photo editing from suits to sports, uh, you know, memorabilia, all to awesome. donuts. Then I have this, we're doing nine shows yep. a week and Russo brand. So the, the wrestling side, and then teaching wrestling classes yeah, plus man. performing awesome. and now moving into uh hopefully leaving most of that behind and having a legal cannabis dispensary in new york so to those guys who are like you got to focus on one thing i say you i'm can't. i'm here to be a mogul does does elon yep. musk only focus on twitter no he's got tesla he's got spacex and yep. and so th what like you said the production can get you drawn into that to be like I need to, to work on my bottom layer to get that to the, like, dude, there's, you can be diverse. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And that's yeah. what these guys are telling you, man. And that is nothing more than bullshit to get them clicks yep. on their videos. Most of the yep. time. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I also have Hamin's tarp Emporium, which is booming because of AEW seats. So we, we tarp off all those <laughs> seats, man. Uh, yeah, that all great, great, great stuff here, man. Veteran, veteran look, uh, veteran advice. Uh, but you know, when you're in the bubble, it's tough to break through people's a tough exterior to get there. Cause they and, think, go ahead. And some people take it 
the wrong way. I I give oh, a shit. I I care about and oh, he's saying this is no, just because I've been there. I've been mm-hmm. you. I've I've done this crazy stuff, and I've also gone through the business. I got involved when I was seventeen, and I'll I'll say this without question. Throughout my career, WCW included, I was an extremely naive professional. I was just happy to be there, having a great time. ECW included, WCW included. And uh, I really never learned until I was out at how much I didn't get it. And that's the truth. Right. It's 10,000 hour rule. And even then, sometimes you're blind to it to, until you look back in that hindsight's 2020. I wish I would have done this or done that. How about though, uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate even just as, you know, mainly an independent wrestler, even though I got into this for creative, uh, my character has allowed me to work with a lot of veterans who are there for the autograph signing and can't do much, whether it was yeah. Piper, Slaughter, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, like living my, our childhood dreams out. Right. Um, yeah. but you trained by Iron Mike Sharp, if I'm yes. uh, Wikipedia yep. correct. Yeah. Uh, and as well as working with Terry Funk and, and countless, countless other legends while you were coming up during the time in the nineties, uh, any lessons there that, uh, are passed on that you just hold as like kind of the truth of being a performer or mistakes, which is where we learn the most of I'm never doing that again because I got balled out. You know what I mean? Anything that we can pass on in the veteran locker room for uh, Terry's legacy or anybody like that legacy, you know, just a safety ass aspect uh, throughout my whole career and earlier on, especially took a lot of risks. Uh, uh, Probably the first moment, and and I remember it vividly. I was wrestling down in Maryland Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was brand new, maybe seventeen or eighteen tops. And uh, at that time, Scott Steiner on Nitro did the uh, let the suplex in, uh, into the pile driver. Mm-hmm. So that happened that week. I show up at the show on Saturday, wrestling with a guy, Mike Corey, uh, put together well, smaller guy, but put together well and uh he says i want to do that move and he and so in my head he wouldn't ask me to do it if uh if uh he wasn't sure that he could definitely do it so i said yeah sure you know i'm young naive and uh picks me up there and i feel my head and spine compress i thought i was dead or paralyzed at the very least and then i can move my hands and, and i can move my fingers uh there were times in in wcw when uh i was working with the wall love jerry to miss him so much but we were doing a series of big bumps one off the ring one off the side of the tron there was one bump that did not happen uh where he was gonna choke slam me off of the the first level of mezzanine i guess whatever you know from the the first level to the floor and they had laid out a bunch of cardboard boxes taped together that's the crash platform that stunt guys use and uh, instead of falling flat, I kind of went out. I just hit the last row of boxes and flipped over. Had I been an inch or two that way, my head would have been like a, a coconut on, on yeah. the floor, brains everywhere. Mm. I and and uh, then finally, it was uh, I was doing a tag match. You can still find it. It's on the network on Thunder. I believe it was right before Thanksgiving. It was myself and Mike Awesome against Reno and Bam Bam Bigelow. And uh, we called an acai moonsault, which 
I can still do. I just don't do. And uh, Bam Bam was supposed to catch me, and I bounced off the ring. And you can see it on the video. Bam Bam just goes black. <laughs> and at that time, I had the hardcore belt. I was not mm. going to tell anybody that I was hurt. Uh, and I'm, I hate garbage wrestling, just hitting people with trash cans and sticks and bats and Nintendos and whatever else you can find. Mm. Uh, but uh, from that point on, for like three, four weeks, whatever it was, I had to wrestle that style because I, I could not run. Um, my abdominal muscle was torn. Mm. And uh, it, it healed up just in time for my match with Terry Funk. So I just tell guys, uh, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. If you don't think a guy could do something, don't do it. If you're not sure you could do something and pretty much nail it safely, don't do it. I have this great speech uh, when I work for Outlaw Wrestling for Bull in New York. And the guys all know when it's coming. Uh, I, I I always tell Bull, book me with the young lines. I like to go. I like yeah. to challenge myself. I like to put on a hell of a match. I love working with the young guys. Put me with somebody that wants to work, not somebody that wants to do yay boo. That's just not my thing right now. That's not what I enjoy. I get a kick out of being able to work at a modern level. I love it. So that being said, uh, I very rarely say no to things. I'll, I'll ask guy, what do you like to do? I, I want to get in whatever you want to get. What makes you look good? What, what do you think will make you look good? And most of the time, it's fine. If there's a move that I believe is sketchy or I don't think that that guy could do this or a lot of the wrestlers now uh, compared to when we broke in, much smaller. So sure. I'm a little bit more iffy about guys scooping me up and dropping me on my head. Uh, so I'm a lot bigger than a lot of the guys now. Whereas when I broke in, I was one of the smallest guys on all these cards. Sure. So when I get presented with, I, I would like to do this move where blah, 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 blah. And I, it looks like I drop you on your head. Uh, and, and the guys know when it's coming, they smile because they know it's coming. We're not going to do that, but I'm happy to offer you two or three other high spots of equal or greater value, and we could do them all, that will make you look even better right. and keep me safe. So yeah. I, I'll not just not say no. And when we broke in, if we presented a veteran with something like that, we get, beat, <laughs> we get yeah. beaten up. We yep. will get beaten up. Uh, I enjoy working, and I, I understand the enthusiasm of these guys. I understand wanting to do stuff that looks cool. Uh, but if it's something that I believe is dangerous or I'm not certain this guy could do it or I don't believe that he could do it, I will say no. But I will put – instead of doing that one move, I'll say, no, we'll do these two or three instead, and they'll look better. And they look way safer. So, and they they probably don't know that you're putting in working levels. That why would you put me to the ground only to pick me up again when the whole yeah. point is to pin me? Like they just don't get things like that. You have to no. really spoon feed it to them. And then when they go, wow, that worked good. Mm -hmm. There's a reason yeah. why. <laughs> but I I will do it. I will work hard, but I'll just work safe. And uh, so, so that's a huge thing to the young kids right now. Don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to say no. Yeah, we've you, said you, that you, on this a lot. We've said that on this channel a lot, man. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to say no. That That's a huge one. Don't yeah. be afraid to say no. Give him the old Nancy Reagan, pal. Just say yeah, no. Just say no. <laughs> uh, absolutely, because otherwise, 
they're gonna throw you on the wood pile and and light the match though the and the next guy will be doing the crazy shit you, think, you know they they act like they care in the time but this is about longevity and and again having in your mind that i'm here to make moments and i've got something else i don't define myself through this you know what i mean and then usually your business will do better because everybody thinks you're a goddamn celebrity anyway so and you're a hustler so you know how to work it uh just for the for the rub off all that stuff man uh, nothing is more satisfying uh in this day and age when i work with a younger guy we tear it up we have a great match get a great reaction and i'll come back and say hey how do you feel wow i actually feel great to find not to that's how it's supposed to be yeah absolutely that, that well, like, wow, couple... I, didn't, I didn't do anything i'm like yeah and is the envelope any different <laughs> did we have we, them <laughs> yeah, but we do stuff and i say safe easy work hard but we don't work lazy those are and yeah, nobody gets sure. hurt and that's a huge win i'm i'm still at that mindset where I want to wrestle hard, but you could still wrestle really, really hard and still be really, really safe and still look like you tore shit up. Yeah. I'm in a weird spot because I'm teaching my students a lot more chain and, and technical stuff mm. that they were my fans and they never seen me do that stuff. Mm. And I probably won't because, and I, and I was putting something fit together. Yeah. yeah. I was putting something together last show. I'm like, and then I'm going to grab you, put you in this, the Larry Zabisco standing figure four stump play. And they're like, and you guys are like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I'm just going to stomp your crotch right here. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. like just easy, easy stuff. They, they're used to the punch kick and vicious heat. And with what I got to do now, anything technical would just make me look like an asshole trying to get yeah, my shit yeah. in anyway. So uh, we'll be staying away from that. And, and you can have all the spots because I'll do yay boo uh, all Absolutely. day long. You know, yeah. um, it'll be like I said, we're going my next show is in a pretty hillbilly town. Uh, Cobble skill, Kabul skill, yeah. as I call it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's going to be could be one yeah. of those dangerous situations yeah. where people are just over inundated with the news and they need to get their PTSD out, which is yeah. the whole reason I exist, really. Yeah. You know, and I get that too. I, you know, I'm not knocking it at all. I'm saying for no. me, for Chris Ford, I generally I enjoy that rush of going hard and going toe to toe with these guys. I I just yeah. enjoy it. It's it's something that I like. Yeah, I appreciate uh, our chat room here filling up uh, and and sending out those super stickers, guys. Like you said, uh, laptop died. Vimeo bills coming due in two days, so all that's getting reinvested into HMG. We're not just going out buying mezcal and doing shots with it, you guys. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of the booze, though, man, let's talk a little bit about the vino, the resveratrol, uh, uh, and and what is uh, one of your favorite brands, or what are you, uh, you're doing the red wine? It plays yep. uh, in the videos, uh, but. Uh, or Merlot, Cabernets, what do you like, sweet, uh, oaky, or something uh, peppery? One of the the best one for heart health, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Yep. Yeah. I, I've been, research, uh, do, do your own research, but that's the best one for heart health. There you go, guys, right from the, the doctor's office himself. <laughs> Get yourself a bottle of Pinot for this weekend and have a good time, especially That's if it. you're a Giants fan because we're about to get our ass kicked again. So. And that was <laughs> instrumental in uh, this whole ev evolution. If you know me, you know we don't know each other that well, but guys that know me, they go, you are such a dick, you know, when you do those promos. <laughs> and after 2020, when I came out and started doing 
shows again, a lot of the younger guys were actually a little standoffish because they thought that, you know, like I did a lot of promos knocking the young style and this and that. And they, like, they thought that that was real. So I guess I uh, accomplished a goal. But uh, I grew up an extremely weird, awkward kid, ADD, ADHD. And uh, I grew up with the worst, I mean, the worst speech impediment you could imagine. I couldn't get out one sentence, grade school, high school. Whenever you would do the thing in grade school where you would go up and down the aisles and everybody would read a, a paragraph, That's I would, I'd would, I, I'd be breaking out in the sweat and it would take forever and I would be so embarrassed. So uh, I overcame that through wrestling. Wrestling gave me a lot of accomplishments. Wow. I, I, was, I was still a weird person in the locker room or very uh, introverted. Uh, I was into my school, which like I didn't, play well in the ECW locker room. Uh, but uh, that Stevie said me. the same, yeah. Because Stevie yeah. would just go and play video games and not get into any of the bullshit. You know? yeah. I had my video game system thrown across a hotel room because I wouldn't go out. <laughs> uh, I would play video games and I would read Star Wars novels. So you kind of figure out how that fit in uh, with the ECW culture. And I think you've been, I think you've been on the new force order podcast with Papa. Don, yes. Right? Love it. And, yeah. and, yeah, I love talking star Wars. Yeah, uh, man. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super, I mean, I'm up on it, but I'm not yeah. as hardcore into everything as those guys go, but I've watched all the series and to see somebody set a new standard of excellence, you know, just cause I like uh Sopranos, the wire, uh, sure. like, uh, breaking bad, like anybody would, but like, to, to really deconstruct it and now set uh, a, a high standard of production that way. And I don't know if you've been to the uh, Disney rides and yeah. whatnot, but yeah. even those Love alone, it. when yeah. and that is just, <laughs> when you go out and you're on a Star Destroyer and there's all those uh, stormtroopers yeah. there and you're just in that magic of it, it is an incredible experience. And the fact that we get to grow up in it and live it from 1977 till now. And, and it's everything that <laughs> could be the future or a galaxy far, far away, a long time ago. Right. Uh, that, that we have this, uh, epic Shakespearean thing to live through. Yeah. You know what I mean? At that time, it's so damn cool, man. And uh, yeah. I thought Ahsoka was great. I do. Oh, I loved I, it. Uh, what's a, I, I cannot stand Ezra Bridger though. <laughs> There's a couple yeah. characters in Star Wars I, I smashed, but one of uh, my uh, mentors, Dave Pasquazi, who some consider the greatest improviser on the planet right now from TJ and Dave was major domo in, um, uh, was it Boba Fett? The, he's, he's the guy with the pink long hair. It was the, he, he kind of is the go between, between uh, the people and, and the higher ups there. So I told Dave, I go, if they, uh, I go, I usually don't ask for favors, Dave, but if they make a, a complete Wookiee series, you got to yeah. put me on, bro. Like just to Get play. A suit. Yeah, that's all. That that's, suit. Yeah. that's all I need to be, bro. Like that's it. Like career finished after that. I don't give a shit, shit what happens awesome. after that, man. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that they're going to go full Wookiee on it, man. Uh, I love it. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I, but just to see you and as the director's mindset of myself and, and if I was in one of these companies doing a Dan Housen thing, I mean, you, you can fit in in so many places. 
was there had to be a time and just seeing him last night uh, or i didn't see it but uh, seeing the reports of the undertaker on nxt coming back to go up against the ratings was there a time in that ministry time or anything else where you were going to be tied to guys that you know things die on the vine we get promised a hundred things like that but it seems like if i was putting together a brood or some type of faction like that an impact that's had some mystical characters uh anything like that that should have been that that never was unfortunately actually twice i'd say uh when tna first started up i was part of father james mitchell's new church it was myself wolfie d and the wall jerry toot and uh Early on, they were having financial difficulties. And uh, early on, <laughs> early on, when they first started, well, when I first started, uh, and, and I had just gotten a great job with Hell South, a major uh, PT company, had just bought a house, just got married. And they said, uh, We can't fly you in. You have to move down here. Otherwise, we can't use you. And at that time, they were flying in other guys. So that told me uh, that my value to the company is not the same as these other individuals. And although I love that gimmick, I, I, I thought we looked great together. I love being with James Mitchell and Jerry Toot the Wall and Wolfie. Uh, that was really my first real uh, adult with, with decision that I had to say no mm. to a wrestling offer. I had a wife, I, I had a house. Uh, I had a great job for a major physical therapy company. And as much as I wanted to be that character, as much as I wanted to be there, the fact that they didn't want to fly me in when they were willing to fly other people in, uh, and also the fact that it was a new company on rocky ground, uh, I had to say no. Uh, so that ended abruptly. And then had there been a second season of, uh, wrestling society x mm. kevin klein and rock was going to have me out there with a uh, uh what was the guy's name judas or like some kind of yeah. e uh, evil character and i was going to come in as salem who they uh had had me working as an x x uh pw as well that gothy character so early on whenever they saw me whether in the jeans or outside the jeans i i always kind of was put into that goth role. I think the new timeless character, while it could be gothy, uh, it actually came up in my pool one summer. It was myself, Danny Doring, Bull James, Roadkill, and we're all hang, hanging out in the pool, have, having a couple beers. And Danny Doring goes, you know, uh, you, you keep doing this gothy thing. Little Guido was there too. Uh, that was the that was the inf infamous day. He jumped from my deck across eight feet of concrete and into our pool and we all thought he, he was going to die it was great it, it, it's, it's still legendary within the ford household and our circle of friends so doring goes uh you're always in this gothy thing he goes why why don't you be chris ford if chris ford was an asshole so so life's good not mm -hmm. being snarky, got the business. If that's just any other thing, so I put an amplifier on that. So it's more of a an elitist thing. Uh, yeah, inspired by eyes wide shut. If you, you see the bodyguard with the mask, yep. my wife wears that mask, mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of a guy that's into this dark stuff. But but the dark thing, his 
his it's thing. very Roth, it's very Rothschild, a very yeah, like a very like Bohemian Grove ass. Yeah, like his thing, his kink is he's a normal dude that's doing very very well, uh, but he can't fight off this wrestling addiction or this addiction mm-hmm. for violence. So it's kind of like real life with a large amplifier on it. I, I love it, man. It's a great reinvention and even better that it's just some good brothers who've been friends for 20 years going, Hey, you, you know what? I see money on you beers in the pool. Yeah. A couple man, beers man. in the pool, man. And and then from that inception point, where can we take it? What's the vision? And you know, I, I love that, man. I think it's and the name. Go ahead. Yeah, and and uh, with the name timeless, I would say probably came, it was stored in the computer bank. Uh, in 2012, believe it or not, I, I think it was 2012. I did Ring of Honor in Baltimore, and I, I'm friends with a lot of people in wrestling that hate each other. So I, I love Vince, and I so I'm walking around the locker room. I'm getting changed, and Jim Cornette walks by me, and, and he takes a double tech. And he goes, but goddamn, fuck. Timeless Devin Storm. I guess I look good at that point. That and it. that phrase stored there. Yeah. And then during Roadkill Guido, they present this idea. And uh, we bring up the fact that I'm still doing X, Y, and Z. And Timeless gets pulled from that uh, flash drive in the brain. And here we are. <laughs> That's phenomenal, man. And, and the, like you say, taken from all little bits, put it in the blender and out comes this. And and then you just shape it up and you find your own games and character quirks. I'm sure of like, Oh, now I can go this way or that. I think, uh, I think you should be friends with Hunter Biden at that elite level. I think that'd be a good place. (laughs) Right. They hang out together. Uh, you know, that's kind of the the same party scene of wherever it is. Yeah. Well, uh, get paid, right. (laughs) They got the money. They they still keep getting it at the end of the day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, it'll be interesting. I'm worried about now because, uh, (laughs) we were talking production earlier. I've seen some of these Palestine videos of like the rocket launches and stuff. Dude, they've got a Netflix level production crew making their yeah, propaganda. Crazy, now. I'm, yeah. like, I'm gonna have to work my ass off to catch up and, and emulate this style right now. So yeah, let's, let's tone amazing. it down, Hamas, on the production. I got I only got so many fucking hours in the day, boys. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, dude, I can't I can't say thank you enough. I'll probably finish out some headlines. I don't want to uh, have to hammer you on uh, oh, this is what's going on with AEW versus NXT numbers and do that. I, there's nothing worse than that. <laughs> Friday locker room, but I know our, our audience loves that stuff, man. Uh, I, just I check them both out. I oh, check them both out. I, yeah. I either, uh, I don't watch them. I, I tape them, uh, tape them, uh, record mm-hmm. them still old saying tape. Uh, when I do cardio, I, uh, watch a lot of old stuff. Chris Ford, the fan loves mm-hmm. watching old stuff and I'll actually watch old older stuff and I'll pull stuff that hasn't been used in mm-hmm. years and years and years. I'll reintroduce it. Oh, wow. Where'd you come up with that? Dude. It's like 20, 30 years old, but I, again, want to be able to perform at a modernly acceptable, uh, level. So yeah. when I, in order to do that, I have to know what these guys are doing. So for cardio, I'll have NXT recorded, have raw recorded SmackDown, AEW recorded. And I'll, you know, uh, I'll fast forward the entertainment aspect just because I, I only do cardio for like an hour, but I'll watch and see what guys are doing out there. So I do 
keep up. Not in depth because I, I, I miss a lot of the in between stuff. But if I'll fast forward, fast forward, and if it's a match I want to see, that's I stop and I watch. So I, uh, I, I really do try to stay up on what is going on. Sure. Uh, I mean, the fact that you're like, oh, I watch their stuff. It should be the other way around. When you said, uh, I'll put my promo up against my dude they should put their promo up against you because they don't even come close. There's nobody on TV that's doing that level of epic work. And if they do, it gets watered down. And, it, it, and you know, that's the fact of when you are the director producer and you are passionate and doing it for the love of it, as opposed to putting it through all these writers and pr- producers filters who hopefully get the vision as opposed to doing it yourself and show don't tell that way, man. So there's no, there's nobody who's doing that epic level of promo that you're doing. And I will say too, that I believe, and I admire a lot of guys out there on TV, on both shows that there is no 32 plus year veteran capable of performing at the level that I do. (laughs) Take that for whatever you think it's worth. No, I, I love that, man. And and I think it's because you don't have the blinders on because you have satisfaction in life because with all genius, there's madness. And if it was an ADHD kid who had a stuttering problem or couldn't get through and had to detach to become something else, well, that thing that he detached to drove him to greatness as well, man. I, I love that wrestling can be used for that uh, to get outside of our comfort zone or our fears and turn our fears and, and weaknesses into our strengths. And I think you're an absolute uh, shining example of that, man. And I thank you for uh, all the bumps that you took while I was watching as a fan and all the hours you entertain me and uh, all of the knowledge that you've passed on and the standard that you've set for excellence uh, when it comes to Thank you so much, work. man. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm very grateful just to be able to be able to do this still at the level that I do. <laughs> it, uh, it, 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 it entertains me. Uh, it's, it's something that fulfills me and I, I enjoy it very much. And I feel very grateful that the, the people that go to the show still, still enjoy it. Uh, you know, I, I don't get preach it all, but thank God that I could still do this. And, uh, I'm just loving life right now. Absolutely, man. We love having you here on the Friday Veteran Locker Room, HMG Channel, Attitude.com. Open invitation to join us again down the road here. Would love to have you Absolutely, back Absolutely, man. Cross over to Russo Brand. If there's anything you want to promote, please don't hesitate to reach out. We'll be happy to share any and all of the art that you're putting out this way. And thank you again so much, thank Chris, you for making, making the time, man. We really appreciate you. Great time, man. This was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, where do you want to send them? Anywhere to, to follow real quick, just so we, we I... I'm on in, Instagram, WCW Crowbar 74. I've, I'm just learning how, how to do that. You know, like I said, work, family, uh, Facebook. Tw- I really mainly do Twitter because it's all I have time to really do. So it's at WCW Crowbar. That's usually where you find my stuff. If I luck out and I have time to throw that stuff on Instagram, I do, but that doesn't happen too often yeah well i think like i always say guys if you want to see him best way to do is reach out to your local promotion and uh say hey we'd love to have this guy in there and so yeah we we did that and look what it reaped today you guys uh an excellent friday veteran locker room dude uh you have a great weekend and uh safe travel you too, safe matches buddy awesome man thank you so much man this is great thank, thank you, you. Pal. appreciate you 
There you go, guys. Uh, the man himself, uh, the the crowbar, the Chris Ford, whatever you want to call him, a rose banner, their name would smell as sweet, uh, given just awesome, awesome insight into the art of this and uh, everything uh, that it takes to be a 30 year performer, you know, to, to learn how to go from doing stupid spots to, to working smart, working hard. And that character really is about is, is above all in all of this. So uh, loved uh, that. And thanks again for Kaz for getting that hooked up, uh, you know, and who knows after just uh, the commentary on the Tony Storm AEW stuff, these are the things, the pebbles in the pond that create ripples that turn into waves, the crash on the shores of HMG, you guys. Uh, great stuff all the way around we'll do a couple headlines here uh just because i know people were doing a little schadenfreude you know dancing on the, the grave of what they call aew already and i don't mean to take any joy in that because you know bad creative or bad decisions are whatever they are sometimes or if you're gonna boast you got to be ready to back it up and they lost against nxt head to head nine hundred thousand to six hundred thousand. and but i don't want AEW to go out of business, man. The, it's way better for the boys to have a place to work, make a ton of money, and and uh, get reps in in front of a crowd. And people can keep showing, you know, empty hard cam sides or houses down and make the Hameen Tarp Emporium rib. Yeah, that's our brand. And, and you know, satire is the most powerful weapon in all of media. So I'm always down to, to make the joke and, and uh, just to pop the crowd. But the reality is, why would we want a, a company to go out of business? You know, people are feeding their families uh, and living their dreams. And I, I just don't think the gotcha factor is worth it when it comes to taking the business and cutting it in half that way to go, see, I told you they were going out of business. I don't want that to happen. I'd rather see some success for everybody on all fronts and an opportunity for more people to do great character work like Tony Stormish. I think you're in this business as Rip would say for eight to 10 years. And then you finally start to get it. And right around year 14 to 16, your body starts to betray you, which is right about where I'm at now. And uh, you know, it, it takes that 10,000 hours to start to understand how to make money, get over and become a spotlight player in this stuff. And hopefully create opportunities where other people can be mixed in and they can enhance your character in the story and get the shine as well. And we do long-term storytelling, not just what happened this week and let's get to next week and do some other house show bullshit. So, um, but on Tuesday night, AEW dynamite aired at 8 PM against NXT and NXT. It's kind of bullshit to me that they're, they're developmental. It's OVW, right? But we want to act like we're going to get over on these guys. So let's stack the show with all top talent from our main roster. Well, of course, you're probably going to beat them, but it's not like you beat them with your developmental crew. You might have given some people the shine, but when you got HBK, Undertaker, Becky Lynch, and John Cena on your developmental show, it ain't much of a, you know, comparison of the two. So but this is their little wrestling war that they want to fight. It's kind of meaningless at the end of the day because the real rib is nobody got over a million viewers. So everybody's patting themselves on the back for being masters of the industry, but nobody really got to a level that should be, you know, clap for or saying, yeah, you did it. So all they did was draw down AEW numbers as an FU, but, that's what competition is about, I guess, right? Uh, but Tony Khan puts out, thank you to all who watched AEW Dynamite title Tuesday last night, which I believe was his birthday. 
Happy birthday, TK. I thought last night was one of our best shows that we've ever done. The fans in Kansas City were tremendous. The wrestling was great. And last night was the best birthday I've ever had. Uh, thanks to all of you. Uh, one person commented on Khan's post by writing, we were watching NXT, Big Dog. And here was, was Khan's response. Uh, then I wasn't talking to you and you don't even follow me. So why reply? Oof. Uh, another person posted an AI photo of Shawn Michaels holding a Booker of the Year award, and Khan responded, actually, I'm pretty sure that last night blew whatever chance he had of winning that award. Um, I don't understand why Khan is selling, again, for fans in a way, um, you know, that uh, why Shawn Michaels would be not getting that award on the night that he beat them by 33 and a third percent. Um, strange that nobody's uh protecting TK from himself from selling from the trolls here, but maybe after uh, a couple extra white claws and uh, birthday cake, uh, with extra frosting, uh, he was sugared up and uh tweeting away when uh, we definitely should just be no selling, especially until the numbers come in. So, you know, we'll see if TK does the dance. I saw there was a new TK dance as well so maybe we'll do that as a homie media group challenge to do the tk dance you guys will hand out some five dollar face slaps for that so um tony khan also said vincent man has allegedly used his power yeah uh and influence to shoot a lot of shots uh as previously noted uh, the title Tuesday edition of AEW Dynamite drew 600K to 921. Um, but here's an exchange uh, where Khan chimed in. Um, a fan says, the fact that NXT did it with Rhea Ripley and, and Dominic Mysterio speaks a lot on AEW's main brand is nowhere close to WWE's third brand with the hottest heel in the industry right now. Tony needs to go to the boardroom, maybe change a few uh, board members and stop being a loser here. Take cheap shots at Vince McMahon won't get you ratings. Well, in that is a little truth. Maybe he does need to go to the boardroom and change a few members, you know, and I'm not trying to tear down the Bucks or Omega, but those guys got more value as performers. And if they're not your top stars, when other people are leaving or you're not making them that because their focus is split from being in the boardroom, there's more value in putting them out over there uh, as performers again and letting some real writers take over the show. <laughs> allegedly uh the knee at the neoism says the difference is that vincent man has the power and influence to take them cheap shots he's earned the right to make them has he tony khan is vince if you ordered him from team who oh stiff uh you can't shop like a billionaire but you'll get the cheapest tat doing so uh khan says yes vince has allegedly used his power and influence to shoot a lot of shots uh khan also wrote on wednesday night uh you know the tweet i uh read earlier so um you know selling for fans talking about vince and triple h and and sean that they want to go at tony that's could there be a more the jocks beat up on the nerd scenario even though the the guy who's a wrestling fan you know of those guys has to defend his company and he's a billionaire and those guys aren't <laughs> it's a strange back and forth but Tony wasn't brought up in this business to be able to swim with sharks like that, even if he's surrounded by him to help him make moves because we wouldn't have back and forth Twitter exchanges like this, you know, uh, to, to save him from himself. So, and then it makes the sheets and everybody sells and then Don Stevens goes and 
takes down whatever videos they can to try and stop the bad PR instead of just stopping it themselves or taking a calculated shot that would actually result in them having to tuck their tail between their legs and laugh. Uh, you know, all you got to do is uh, post the right picture, right meme or stay small and uh, shut the fuck up and shut the fuck up. That's also an option. <laughs> <laughs> um this one had me uh like shaking my head a bit uh especially after he walked off to kill tony uh rick flair i want to wrestle again right now isn't it crazy uh during an interview with chris van vliet flair expressed his desire to wrestle again despite passing out twice during his 2022 last match in nashville tennessee this will show you the sickness of wrestlers even if you're the greatest of all time you passed out twice in a match that was your last match and now you're talking about i gotta come back and have another one we are a strange strange breed bro you know and i i think not that I like in wrestling to being a soldier, but even after a soldier gets wounded in battle, possibly even close to mortally, but they can kick out. A lot of them want to go back to the front lines to protect their buddies or be with their buddies in that camaraderie and that locker room that only they share during that time. There's some very strange uh, effect. Um, I don't, you know, it's not Streisand or, or anything, anything like that, but like where, when, once you're in that mafia, you just, you feel like there's no way out and you got to go back. It's strange. And, um, Rick says, I want to wrestle again right now. Isn't it crazy? I feel like because Ricky Morton, that guy that I should have chosen for my last match would have been great. Ricky Morton's still wrestling. Flair also talked about the training for his last match. He said, I didn't stop drinking or anything, but I was training, literally training three and three hours a day, five days a week in the ring. And I was doing the sled, the ropes. Yeah. I got my bench press up for two and a quarter. I mean, I'm, uh, I mean, so from being dead to all that was pretty cool. Yeah, man. Uh, I agree. And it said earlier this year that Flair made 300 K from his last match. Is that the real reason why he needs it? Is there no money for the future and needs to make another 300K that it was that easy and that'll absolve, alleviate some problems? Or is it the sickness that I can't give up wrestling? Or is it both, you know? Um, I don't know, man. Like, uh, you you don't want to see uh, the guys you looked at as heroes come out looking like a California raisin possibly dying in the ring in front of you however in some twisted reality maybe that's what he thinks like i'm gonna die in here like and like this is where i wanted to go out and my soul leaves my body and we do the pull away shot of you know it's crazy man and uh that adrenaline rush uh, that once you take that away, you, you want it back. I'm sure like any junkie uh, would that's on a, a major heavy drug like that. And they just can't stop because really what else has he got going on in his life? He can do all these podcasts, but in business deals or shitty insurance commercials to pay off debts or what have you, but none of that is going to give him the buzz of being the man and just eight minutes in the ring is enough to satisfy that in his mind. And he sees Ricky Morton doing his shit. He's like, well, I might as well have one more, right? Who wants to see it? And 
unfortunately his son-in-law will probably say yes and help promote the whole thing instead of looking out for rick's best interest where bro you passed out two times in your last match what happens if you pass out one time in this match and you don't wake up is that really what you want to leave the fans with uh i watched rick flair die in the ring like there's a chance of that man and none of no match is that you have with Ricky Morton is going to be like, well, that was the one we want to remember him by. It's all some sideshow freak shows shit of pimping out your legacy for another hit of dopamine, man. And none of that's worth it. And I don't think anybody wants to see Ric Flair passing out in the ring. You know, is it crazy that I want to wrestle right now? Yeah, it is, dude. You've done enough. Like if you need to be at ringside and need to get that shot of dopamine, then start being an indie manager, get a big fat paycheck, do the hundred thousand dollar. Well, actually it's probably close to $20,000 dinner with flair thing where you're in town for two days and, and do the whole bit that way. And then manage somebody on the indie show the next night, a Friday, Saturday bit, but being in the ring, nothing. You can hook the leg and still be the dirtiest player in the game on the outside or slide somebody to the brass knuckles and get your little shot of dopamine. It ain't going to be a $300,000 payday, you know, but, and that's where I go, is this what that's really about? As opposed to, I just want to perform, you know, um, uh, Hall of Famer expresses concerns about Adam Copeland's well-being in AEW. Kevin Nash comments, he said, I pray that Edge doesn't get hurt, but he's a great addition. One of the things their style is so different than WWE style, it's kind of indie-rific. But I believe that bringing someone in like Edge, he has always wanted a main event style. I think you put him in with one of your, these younger guys to stop some bad habits that some of the guys uh, have. I, I agree with that fully. You're only going to get better working with Edge. And when he tells you, no, that we're not doing that, let's do this. Those guys are such fans of his growing up that they're not going to be disrespectful. Or I, geez, I hope they wouldn't be. Otherwise, get smashed down. Um, but if he agrees to take somebody's finish and it's <laughs> he's a lot bigger of a wrestler than the kids they've been working with, uh, and they you're going to be the guy that hurts Edge's neck, whew. Scary place to be, man. Scary place to be. Bouye is easier than doing all that. But like Nash says, he likes to work a main event style. So, yeah, I don't think he's wrong. Any of these guys going over there trying to help and put over young talent are putting their lives in their own hands. Even when uh, Crowbar said it earlier, he, that's what he likes and would rather have some kids that he can go with and, and teach how to tell the story. You're still taking a big chance and a big risk that they haven't reached their 10,000 hours and know how to protect you. I mean, you know, he's going to try and protect himself, but anything can go wrong in this shit. And again, another thing where you wouldn't want to see edge getting stretchered out two matches from now, because he took some meaningless match on collision to show that he's going to work with everybody on the roster and not be a pain like punk was or whatever. Right? Like dangerous, dangerous stuff, man. You got to make the right choices. Um, two stories, three stories left here. 
I wanted to finish up with belief that uh, within WWE, that Triple H is now making the majority of creative decisions in the company and not Vince McMahon. According to Mike Johnson via Paul Heyman uh, to PW Insider, there's a rumor making its way around WWE in regards to Triple Games' role. Johnson noted that there's a belief in the company that Triple H has basically been knighted by Endeavor, uh, and he's the one who's driving 99.9% of the creative going forward. Johnson stated the backstage atmosphere and morale in WWE has been seemingly boosted as of late. Uh, he says, uh, John said, I kind of feel like there'll be a tug of war and sometimes Vince will give us thoughts and they'll go with what Vince wants. But I'm told that week to week in the weeds, they're going with what triple H wants. Um, that to me is still not good because the old man can chime in and go, I want a coward right here. And then Ricochet says it and everything goes out the window and really if you're having to play back and forth, you're not in power. You're not knighted, and, and you can't have a secret knighting of like now he's the guy that's going to do it for us. You have to really say we're empowering Triple H. Vince is a liability to the stock. If they want to do the secret within creative team, within the creative team, that's fine because they're going to do it anyway because it's Shakespearean, weird, incestuous level family that still <laughs> is involved, even though they don't own it, own it now. So, um, you know, to put triple H in that spot, I'm sure they're, they're going to want that to, to lessen the possibility of what may be coming with all the records that got seized by the feds for Vince, right. To protect the stock price and protect their interests. It's not a, it's not a bad business move by any means. So, that being said, though, does he really have 99.9%? Because that means if a show is bad, it's game's fault. Just stacking an NXT card to go against Khan on a Tuesday, that's, you know, child's play. Can you string together six months of unbelievable shows that take a 1.3 main event rating to a 2.3 main event rating? How do we do that? Because last night, really showed, even though some people were streaming, that 1.5 million wrestling fans exist at this point between the combined efforts of both of these shows at the most diehard base. How do we get that to next time, if we were to go against NXT versus AEW again, that the number goes from 1.5 to 2.3 million, even if it's combined, to show that we've increased the viewer base. And sure, plenty of people are stealing it, uh, you know, or streaming it wherever that doesn't get calculated in, but uh, regardless, that number would probably echo what we would see from the TV numbers. So everybody's patting themselves on the back, but really it's the worst job that's been done. Is Triple H going to work on formatting, overarching on how to tell a story? Um, from what I've seen the last two to three weeks, we have, very strange scenes that bleed into another one that bleed into another one. And we don't edit at the high point and we don't uh, complete a thought and we don't cliffhang. And um, we make matches on the fly that end up being the main event, which makes me go, well, who was the main event then? If we just made this match on the fly, because we should be looking from last week that leads into this week's business that leads into the payoff or the continuation. So there's, if, if he's really in charge, then let's just say that starts now today, then we absolutely need to keep an eye on what's changing or what isn't changing 
and the heat needs to be applied in order to of why numbers aren't going up, especially if SmackDown's going to USA and possibly could be three hours, which is devastating. And USA and NXT are now up for grabs. And Ari said there's six buyers yesterday, Ari from Endeavor. For those, okay, where is it going possibly? Uh, we'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. But we better have a game plan for success of how we're going to kick off on these new launches of wherever those two shows are going. And now's the time to make things different and fix the mistakes. Will they get done or is there just too much going on and the same old, same old format programming and hey, we're over is going to continue. And when you put a Tegan Knox or a DIY that hasn't been established in a main event and the, the number goes below a million, what are you going to do, brother? Like then the heat's really on, right? And the, people know they bought a false bill of goods. There's an opportunity here to turn the to turn the ship around a little bit and and some increases. Uh 20, 30 percent in audience is where things need to be focused, kind of right out of the gate. So um da, 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 da. CM Punk reportedly wants to make a WWE knee return, but turned him down. I think this is all bullshit. As previous reported. WWE has no plans to bring Punk back, despite apparent references on TV. In an update to that story, Meltzer Seltzer stated, they turned him down. He wanted to go there, and the decision was no. It can always change, and it was brought up to me. There's no such thing as no forever when it comes to WWE, but it's a no for now. That was the decision that was made. It's Vince's decision. Vince, Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, and obviously they decided negatives outweigh the positives. I think that's bullshit. I think that... Those guys did get together. I think that they're being told on commentary because it comes right from Gorilla to say these CM Punk lines, not just as a rib to Punk to try and get him like, see, they want me back and da 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 or they're testing the waters maybe. But if Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins got heat with Punk and they tell him not to come back or he's going to have to apologize and da 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 things like this when these stories come out are to put those fires out but the real inner circle goes, fuck that. We're bringing them back and we don't got to tell anybody until survivor series at Chicago. And that day he shows up. And if those guys try and step out of line, well, then we'll deal with that problem when we come to it and cross that bridge and step on whoever we got to, but the pop and the F you to con is way more important really than what big dog and what fucking bedazzled uh ski goggles from the lane bryant collection gotta fucking say about anything because they can say that we run this show or whatever it is they don't <laughs> and what what matters in the war is big shots fired and yeah are you gonna have problems with punk sure but i would have a game plan for that too of if shit goes sideways this is how we bury them and fucking get them out of here like, uh, so I think this story to me is the poor cold water on locker room murmurs and that he is still coming because it, it just makes sense, uh, in the greater office of things. So we'll see, man. Uh, our final story that's interesting to me, uh, especially with everything that's going on and, you know, the Twitterverse tries to get their panties in a bunch but uh, as I was taught, the work can handle anything, and I think I'm pretty much living proof of that. Uh, if you approach it with the right respect and the right emotional uh, intelligence of your character, 
all right, and, and intellectual intelligence as well, as well, and play to the height of their intelligence. So MJF issues the following statement in response to fan backlash over his segment with Juice Robinson on AEW Dynamite Cough Button. Ding dong. Hello? Uh, as previously noted, MJF addresses a controversial segment from October 10th issue, episode, not issue, edition of uh, AEW Dynamite that included Juice Robinson revealing a roll of quarters with Friedman written on it. The segment was criticized for being both anti-Semitic and in bad taste due to the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. On Wednesday afternoon, MGF issued the following statement in response to the fans' backlash. He said, Muhammad Hassan portrayed an evil Muslim terrorist. I'm actually Jewish. I've actually gone through this. This is my real life, my story, all in caps. And I look forward to the catharsis to every single person who's ever been oppressed or bullied. If you think I play with that or take it lying down or worse of all, hide from the hard conversation like a coward, you're on crazy pills. Deuce, get me crazy pills. Uh, I look forward to the hard conversations this story creates. I look forward to people being further educated. My life's work is to stand up to any and all injustices done to people due to something as stupid as being different. To anyone that thinks that can't be done through the avenue of professional wrestling, the, then that's an indictment on things that have happened in the sports past. I look forward to bringing this sport to the present. I look forward to knocking Juice Robinson's teeth down his throat. And most of all, I look forward to getting back that triple B. So working half shooting here and Juice Robinson, I believe also a brilliant mind who is probably helping with the Tony Storm stuff uh, in, a, in a big way. But I put this over when he mentioned that, right? And especially if you're going to come out and go, And you fucking mark. <laughs> what is MJF saying here? Exactly what I say. The work can handle anything. And he's the one who told the story about the quarters being thrown. And we can obviously go back to the time of the money changers and Jesus with this type of shit. And we can do anti-Semitism storyline, especially in a time of Hamas, uh, you know, and false flags and new, new, new world order and what's really going on. And we can tell a story at the end of coming together, not that him and juice Robinson have to be friends, but anti-Semitism can be overcome and met with a wide variety of solutions when it comes to this story. But I think this is not some like, Oh my God, they're, they, it's tasteless. They're doing it. No, this is what's hot button. Art imitates life. Lean into it. Do not, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, because then we're not using our characters and what we've laid out when we go. We got Jews in the house. Yeah, dude. Like if you're in Long Island and that's a <laughs> your hometown uh, crowd, and there's plenty of Jews in the house, and a lot's going on in New York City with the governor talking about anti-Semitism and and all that shit, man. Let's put it in our art, but we have to play it the right way and somebody's got to be the heel and if it's only a roll of quarters with your shoot name written on it based on some trauma that you admitted in a promo i think that's perfectly fine to be at that level and fucking throw quarters at his feet and shit like that and make it ignorant because you know it triggers him in a mind game way to beat him or to have jay white beat him or do something just to torment the champ He's the one who brought it into that universe. It's up to the heel to then be that big of a scumbag to do that kind of shit. Later, could we have an apology? 
We absolutely could. Could we have a moment of reckoning after kicking his ass? And I'm sorry that I thought Jews were less and we shake hands and you earned my respect. We could, you know, um, and not to say this guy's got to come out doing goose stepping and fucking be a Ukrainian Nazi. You know, I'm not saying we got to go that far, but there's interesting stories to tell that echo the hot button world we live in. How are we going to pay them off? There's a lot of options on the table. Um, and I think MJF and Juice Robinson play at a high enough level mentally to be able to handle a storyline like this. And even if MJF's, you know, referencing Muhammad Hassan and the, the London bombings and how everybody got scared of where that story was going and bad PR, that was just bad decisions in management instead of sticking to your guns and paying things off the right way. I've been doing this shit for 16 years. He can reference Muhammad Hassan. I've been living in the cut doing this, right? And I'm going to continue doing it. And if there was ever a time for Blaze Haram and Hacker Hameen to come in and jump the business, it's not Juice Robinson, you know what I mean? Because he's doing his own thing with Bullet Club or what have you and being a cool guy. <laughs> you want Hamas to show up and fuck over the, the Israeli guy champ on your show? How, how hard do you want to go with this shit? You know, I don't think he'd agree to that. He'd be too trepidatious over the bad PR that would come back from it. But <laughs> Khan also Arab could, and what if he brings it in, right? You make him into a, a high level figure this way. There's a lot that could be done, but are we going to tiptoe around it? Are we going to only scratch the surface? Or are we actually going to open up these cuts, these wounds and give people some PTSD payoff that imagine that when MJF would go over on possibly Hameen and uh, blaze never happened, but uh, you know, down the road that people would feel that because it probably isn't going to happen in the real world. And it'll be another conspiracy lie hop, my hop event, you know, all this shit. This is what pro wrestling could really do at its highest level. And that's kind of what, MJF is putting over here, even though he dispels kind of Muhammad Hassan of like, he's playing, a, he was an Italian guy playing well. Yeah. Allah, bro. Uh, go through every fucking character in the history of movies, playing somebody else, right. Of a different ethnicity. It doesn't make the performance any difference or the story that's being told itself. So, um, interesting to see where they go. If they, uh, uh, you know, put their foot on the gas or put their foot on the brake with this stuff because they're too chicken shit to really go into it. Or do they got the big balls to, to go, I got this and we're going to, we're going to make something great out of this. That is really going to help people get through a tough time of fear in this situation. But in order to do that, heels need heat. You make your baby off your heel, Al Snow 101. So heels need more heat, and a roll of quarters with a Jewish name written on them is a, is a little good, a personal attack based off his story. But how do we amp this up to a point that doesn't mm, echo Nazism and Holocaust talk, but could hold Israel's feet to the fire for colonization, Hmm, running Hollywood in the media, you know, all of the things that are just the stereotypical tropes that we can put out there in a certain way could be very interesting. Hopefully the company's around uh, to do it the right way, man. So uh, a great Friday locker room here going free. 
because uh, I wanted definitely for you guys and for uh, uh, Crowbar to be with the HMG loyal and faithful. I thank you guys for all the super stickers today. Again, getting reinvested right back in uh, to HMG to pay some bills. Uh, and I'll be on tomorrow night for uh, Friday Locker Room. Man, I got to do AEW too, so I'll probably do that tomorrow because I haven't even watched the show yet. So maybe another live transmission for Light the Fuse to catch up i also got to upload next level review in the impact attack also the a show with a, a top level guest on there talking all things inside the war so april hunter and big ray a huge show that i know billy ray valentine hooked that guest up i just love to see all this synergy all the producers all the hosts really working their ass off to bring you the best content that we possibly can whether it's on patreon youtube uh the channelattitude.com of course our own youtube channels uh and twitch as well when we can go live and the faithful showing up uh to hear what we got to say man and, and those numbers going up unlike other shows <laughs> so uh yeah a lot frank has uh, nice shirt on raw review yeah the hmg uh, true blood shirt made by uh the schmoopy and all the ladies over there at the pickle barreling uh facility appreciate that uh, it was my great day and I, I loved wearing that man it's always a, a good time when your fans go above and beyond uh to do things like that for you that's that's super special so uh but again thank you so much to crowbar and and kaz for hooking that up and and everything we got going on make sure you guys subscribe a new episode of the consultants is out on patreon as well, double episode with some uh, kayfabe emails from network execs and Shane McMahon as well. So uh, the real inside baseball here, you guys, HMG, channelattitude.com, the Friday veteran locker room, Hacker Hameen and Crowbar. Y'all uh, drink your wine, Pinot Noir. <laughs> Bring Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell. Oh, my.